Good morning podcast. I'm Chef Ben. This is Food and Five. And today we're talking all about homemade sauerkraut, a gateway drug. Now some people really love sauerkraut and others absolutely cannot stand it. That's fine. I'm one of the people who loves it. I have since I was a kid. Good sauerkraut on a sausage with mustard is a thing of true beauty. But if you find yourself in the category of people that don't like sauerkraut, maybe you want to skip today's episode. Come back tomorrow when we'll be talking about the brief history of Old El Paso. Um, having said that, if you are at all interested in at-home fermentation or fermentation in general, you should stick around whether you like sauerkraut or not. All right, enough preamble. Let's jump into this. So what is sauerkraut? Simply put, sauerkraut is fermenting cabbage. So what that means is that bacteria, specifically Lactobacillus is used to break down sugars naturally present in the cabbage to lactic acid. This creates a highly acidic environment which prevents bad bacterial growth. It's much less complicated than it sounds, but we'll get into that in a minute. Lactobacillus is a very safe bacteria that humans have been relying on for thousands of years. It is used to develop everything from yogurt, wine, and cheese to chocolate, beer, and obviously sauerkraut, as well as its Korean counterpart, kimchi. Now, you've probably heard of probiotics good bacteria that help you to digest and develop a good gut microbiome. You've probably choked back a few bottles of kombucha or kefir in hopes of reaping their mythical benefits. Well, those mythical benefits are actually in large part due to the lactobacillus bacteria used to create those beverages. So the reason we're talking about homemade sauerkraut is that it's a really good jumping off point into the world of fermentation. Once you figure out the basics, the sky is the limit. So how is sauerkraut made? Well, real sauerkraut is made with three simple ingredients, cabbage, salt, and water. That's it. Sometimes carrot and flavorings like caraway are added for appeal, but they add nothing to the actual fermentation process. And the reason I say real sauerkraut um, is because in the grocery store you can buy sauerkraut that's made with vinegar, which is not the same thing. That's more like pickled cabbage than, actually, than actual sauerkraut. So the cabbage is cut or shredded into pieces and salt is added. The cabbage is then massaged a bit to kickstart the breakdown of the cell structure. This is left to sit for an hour or two. Over that time, water will start to be extracted from the cabbage as it starts to break down. Now the cabbage is packed tightly into a jar or other airtight container. Filtered water is used to top it off and the jar is sealed. Cabbage is then left at room temperature for a week or two to ferment. And every day the jar needs to be burped or opened quickly to let gas escape. So once the cabbage has reached the desired level of fermentation, it's put in the fridge to slow the process. The beauty of this is that you control the level of fermentation. Taste the cabbage every day, and once it reaches a point that you're happy with, put it in the fridge. It's ready to eat. The sauerkraut will last in your fridge for months, if not longer. The longer it sits, the better it's going to taste. Risks. A lot of people get worried about making themselves sick when they first start learning about fermentation. Now, although there are some minor risks involved, lacto-fermentation is actually a very safe process. And if something does go wrong and your cabbage is rotten, it will be very obvious. The thing that you need to keep in mind is that fermentation is essentially controlled rot. I know that that can be a disconcerting thought, but it's true. It's also important to remember that fermented foods are a large part of our diet. Wine, chocolate, and salami, for example, are all fermented. The reason I bring up the controlled rot element of this is because of the smell. So when you first open the lid of your sauerkraut after it's been fermenting for a few days, it's not going to smell the greatest. 
Really, it's going to smell like bad farts. That's normal. It should start to smell sour over a few days, and that's exactly what you want. What you don't want, and how you can tell if it's bad, is mold growth. Or, if it smells really, really bad, and you're questioning it, don't eat it. It's as simple as that. Things to remember. The key to preventing spoilage when making sauerkraut or any fermented food is to keep everything clean. The jar and lid should be sanitized and the cabbage should be thoroughly washed. Also, be wary of using tap water for fermentation. City water is treated with chlorine specifically to prevent bacterial growth. And because we are literally trying to grow bacteria, city water might not be the best option here. Distilled water is often recommended, but a good bottle of mineral water would probably work just as well. Now, lactobacillus is an anaerobic bacteria, so what that means is that it thrives in an oxygen-free environment. This is why you want to ferment the sauerkraut in a sealed jar. One of the many benefits of this is that a lot of bad bacteria need air to survive. Having said that, there are anaerobic bad bacteria, but those don't like acidic environments, which is exactly what lactobacillus is creating by developing lactic acid. That's why it's such a safe process when done correctly. Storing sauerkraut. Now, the sauerkraut that we're talking about today is not being processed like you would with modern pickles, meaning we aren't boiling it in jars. The reason for this is very simple. The purpose of boiling pickles or something like that in, in a jar is to kill off bacteria and create a vacuum in the jar to prevent spoilage. But again, we don't want to kill our bacteria. If you're looking for this, um, if you are looking for, excuse me, if all you are looking for is that sauerkraut flavor without the benefits of the present bacteria, boil away. But to me, that kind of defeats the purpose. So all this means is that you have to store your sauerkraut in the fridge rather than in a cupboard. It's not a big deal. Um, conclusion. Throughout this blog, I have used and talked a lot about fermented products. From fish sauce to sriracha, miso paste and soy sauce, they are all made using the same basic principles that I have outlined here. It really all comes down to the main item being fermented, salt, and time. This is why I think it's so important to understand the basics of fermentation. It's all around you, all the time, whether you know it or not. I'm Chef Ben. This has been Homemade Sauerkraut, a gateway drug. Um, now, if you want to go to howtonotburnshit.com, you can read this all out. And there's an actual, I wrote out an actual recipe for you if you want to make sauerkraut. And I highly recommend you give it a shot. Um, I think that you'll be impressed with how good of a sauerkraut you can make on your first try. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chef Ben Kelly and on Facebook at Ben Kelly Cooks. And if you're new to the podcast, I have new episodes uh, five days a week, sometimes six days a week, depending on what's going on. Um, and they're always pretty short. So come back tomorrow and there will be a whole new episode. Um, so subscribe to the podcast if you like it. And then you'll be notified every day when I release a new episode. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening. Um, I'll be back tomorrow, like I said, talking about the brief history of Old El Paso. And then we're going to finish out the week talking about everything I know about salsa and salsa variations on Friday. So have a great Wednesday? Yeah, have a, have a great Wednesday, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow. I'll talk to you soon. And as always, thank you for listening.